The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. It was evening on the first day of the week that Jesus rose from the dead, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. After eight days, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. It's not always easy to ask questions. Sometimes we're worried about what other people might think. Sometimes we don't want to appear that we haven't grasped a certain subject or something. And it takes some courage sometimes to doubt or to ask questions and get some clarifications. I remember when I was at the seminary and we would have our morning or afternoon three-hour courses on a certain topic and there'd be a coffee break in between. And sometimes after the coffee break, we'd discuss some topics and things that were being taught in the classroom and trying to figure out things on our own. And once in the second period of the class, one of the other seminarians from a different diocese would raise his hand. And I was surprised because he didn't always raise his hand for questions and stuff. We had, to, like any class or any group of people, somebody who was always eager, once the professor stopped, would raise his hand and have some questions and get the discussion started. But this seminarian wasn't the usual one. So the professor, the priest, asked him what his question was. And he said, well, during coffee break, Patrick had this great question here. And then he would say the question, it wasn't my question, it was his question. But he didn't want to be known for the one to ask the question, so he put my name and threw me under the bus, and the priest turned over and said, well, Patrick, and he explained everything to me, and it wasn't my question at all. The priest caught on with a short period of time and then addressed the question directly to the person who was asking it. But it can be kind of challenging sometimes just to put ourselves out there and to ask a question, or even put something that everybody is thinking in their minds out front for clarification. 
a doubt, a misunderstanding, whatever it might be. And just like there's a person like that in every group or every classroom, Thomas the Apostle was the one for the Twelve. He was the one who would be right out there with his hand up and saying, okay, Lord, I don't understand this, or what's this all about? When Jesus was going to raise Lazarus from the dead in Bethany, they knew how dangerous this was. Jesus' life was already being threatened, and Bethany was just a few kilometers from Jerusalem. Going that close to the chief priests, to the scribes and Pharisees and governors was going to be dangerous stuff. I'm sure all the disciples were thinking the same thing. And this is what Thomas says and raises his voice. Let us also go with him, that we may die with him. Right? He knew how dangerous it was. Might as well just go with him. We're all going to perish in this. And then at the Last Supper, when Jesus said that he was going to his father and expressing all of this, the disciples, I'm sure, were not sure what was happening. And Thomas is the one to speak up and say and ask the question, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? The others were silent. Thomas, he doesn't know what's going on here. What's Jesus talking about? And then we get one of the most beautiful passages in scriptures afterwards from Jesus when he says to the 12 at the Last Supper, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Then we turn to the gospel today, and here's Thomas once again. All the disciples are doubting. Some think Jesus is a ghost, even after they have seen him risen from the dead. Nobody has had a category on how to experience life in a resurrected state. And Jesus rose from the dead. He just didn't become back to life like Lazarus did, or the son of the widow of Nain, whom he also resurrected. This resurrection of Jesus is a new life that will know no end that will not know death, will not know suffering, will not know pain. It is a whole different reality of existence, of life everlasting, that is before the disciples. And they're all struggling with this. Some are coming to faith very easily, and others are still wondering, is he a ghost? Is this for real? What is happening? And Thomas kind of voices, because he wasn't there on that first Easter Sunday, and says the following, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. I'm sure others were thinking the same thing. If it's not a ghost, then I'll be able to touch. We'll be able to put our marks in the nails. We saw what happened to Jesus on Good Friday on the cross. And Jesus, in this act of great divine mercy and patience with Thomas, comes upon the scene on the eighth day, the Sunday after Easter Sunday and comes through the doors once again and says, peace be with you, his usual greeting, and invites Thomas to do just what he had asked to do. And Thomas comes with this great proclamation of faith in the divinity of Jesus, saying, my Lord and my God. This is a great act of God's mercy for us, that he knows exactly what we need to come to faith. The resurrection of Jesus is an objective historical fact and reality. No one can deny it. But our personal acceptance of the grace of resurrection and our coming to faith in the Lord's Jesus' new life and that he gives to us through baptism and the sacraments is something that we all have to come to at one point or another in our life. And for some, it's by hearing us being called by name, like Mary Magdalene. She thought Jesus was the gardener. And it's only when Jesus calls her by name and says, Mary, that she's able to come to that faith in him in this new life and follow him again. For St. Peter, he has to know over and over again that he is forgiven from denying Jesus three times. 
on two different occasions, Jesus has to bring him further healing, further mercy, further forgiveness to really make him understand that he is forgiven, that he can begin again. And Peter always kind of slips back into that. Jesus knows what he needs. And he knew what St. Thomas needed as well, to come to faith in him. And our Lord Jesus knows exactly what we need as well for this gift of faith. To allow ourselves in this Easter season to experience however he approaches us in whatever manner in times of prayer or in acts of service that he desires to make himself known, to allow ourselves to come to that faith in him can be a tremendous gift. Behind me in the sanctuary today is an art picture that is usually on the wall over here near the Blessed Virgin altar. And it's the picture of the divine mercy of Jesus. After a prayer experience and powerful vision of St. Faustina Kowalska, Sister Faustina in Krakow, Poland in 1937. So one year before World War II starts, we have Jesus coming in a powerful way to this cloistered nun, this religious sister in Poland, and expressing that what the Lord, what the world needs the most at that time and age was divine mercy, unconditional love from God, love that we know we don't deserve, and how God takes the initiative and comes to us so that we can have faith in him. And he taught St. Faustina a short prayer, one of the most shortest prayer that's easy to remember, that is good for all of us to pray. Because here we are in 2022 with war in our world, with difficulties and struggles that we're all facing. And he says, this is a powerful prayer that we can all pray. He gives this to St. Faustina to allow us to come to that faith in Jesus. And it's the following. Jesus, I trust in you. When we can pray that prayer in faith, Jesus, I trust in you, with whatever is going on on the evening news every time we see it. Jesus, I trust in you when I have my own doubts and struggles in faith. Jesus, I trust in you with the lives of our family members, children, grandchildren, people we care about, that we know that we can't fix problems overnight or correct things right away. Jesus, I trust in you indeed can be the best place that we put them because we're putting them in the rays of his divine mercy. The blue ray represents baptism and how Christ washes us clean of our sins and gives us new life. And the red ray in the image coming from his heart signifies the Eucharist his body and blood given over to us. We might be jealous of Thomas or envious of him that we can't have that same contact with Jesus as he did on the eighth day. But the liturgy today reminds us that we can. It happens in the sacraments. In the sacraments, we can see and touch Jesus as he comes to us under the humble appearance of bread and wine to give us that resurrection faith. And let us turn to the altar now as we say to him, Jesus, I trust in you.